Welcome to Inclusive Gathering Birmingham. My name is Danielle and my pronouns are she, her. Um, so last week we had our first ever in-person uh, gathering that we also live streamed. So huge thanks to everybody that helped out with that, um, especially to Tom and Josh and Lou who were doing the tech stuff on site. Um, so we're always learning and we're, we're going to work out how we, um, how we even improve what we did and um, we'd love to hear your feedback if there's things, especially if you're watching from home, that um, would make you feel more connected and included. Um, so we're going to be doing that um, in, in person and live stream gathering on the first Sunday of every month for now. Um, next month we're going to be back at the church at Cars Lane doing that and then in August, on the 1st of August, we're going to be doing a special outdoor worship gathering uh, near the city center in Birmingham. It's going to be a bit longer. So for some of you that might want to travel in from a bit further away, this might be a good time because lots of hangout time and space and a uh, pretty casual environment to get to know people if you're comfortable to do that. We don't want anybody to feel like they need to um, do something that's beyond what their comfort level is at this point. Uh, we're going to continue to meet weekly online like this. And today, uh, we're talking about neurodiversity in the church. And um, again, this is part of our series on including one another, loving one another, um, and how we how we do that with a variety of differences and different ways of approaching the world. And, and so we're looking forward to um, David sharing with us a little bit about that later and hearing from some folks um, from his group that are going to be sharing different elements of the service today. So whether you're gay or straight, whatever your gender identity or your race or ethnicity, your neurodiversity, your neurotypicalness, um, whatever you believe about God, it's absolutely okay to bring who you are right now to this space. And um, we believe that, you know, part of what makes us us is what you bring here with, with you, whether that's in the online space or when we're able to then gather in person. My name is Pamela Hirsch, and I am part of David and Nett's community group. I have Asperger's syndrome. As part of our regular worship gathering, we have what we call our question for sharing to give people a moment to connect with each other. So we're going to ask you all a question. And as we share our answer, you can also share your answers in the comments on Facebook Live or YouTube. Is there a place or a food or a smell that makes you feel at home, relaxed or at ease? The place that makes me feel at home, relaxed and at ease is level two the knowledge floor of the main library of Birmingham. The knowledge floor is my favorite place in the library because it is home to the books on my favorite subjects, science and religion. Science helps me to understand the world and how it works. And religion inspires me how to live in the world in a positive and harmless way. I like to walk up and down the shelves of books reading out loud and the vision of being surrounded by the students from all the various beautiful spiritual paths we have in Birmingham fills me with joy and calls from my heart the wish. May all beings be happy and safe. Well, hello, friends. Um, I'm going to say a prayer now. Um, 
as requested um, by David. Um, I am a Quaker and I attend Nets and David's Bible study on a Tuesday evening. Um, and I am actually waiting to be assessed um, for Asperger's syndrome um, and or autism. Um, so, yeah, uh, it gives me pleasure to to be able to read this prayer. Um, and it's wonderful to participate in the activities of this church group, um, which often affirm, um, which often affirm me. And it's also a group that gives me a lot of self-confidence in a way that, that many other organisations, many other religious organisations just haven't. Um, because of perhaps a lack of understanding um, about things like autism. But one thing I would say in closing, friends, is that the idea that people with autism, you know, lack compassion is, is often just totally not true in the sense that some of my most compassionate friends and confidants are, are people who are on the spectrum. So let's take a moment of stillness, maybe breathe and just centre ourselves to, to pray to God with sincerity and truth of heart today. If you are someone who prays, you might want to pray these words with me. Otherwise, you can just let these words wash over you. So here goes. You, the one from whom on different paths all of us have come, to whom on different paths all of us are going. Make strong in our hearts what unites us, build bridges across all that divides us. United make us rejoice in our diversity, and at one in our witness to your peace. A rainbow to your glory. Hello, I'm Nets, and I'm part of the Summerfield community group here at Inclusive Gathering Birmingham. Our reading today is from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 and 21 to 27. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all the parts form one body, so it is with Christ. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And those parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, 
and each one of you is a part of it. Hello, I'm David. I'm part of the community here at Inclusive Gathering. The passage we read earlier, uh, Paul's illustration of the church being like the body, like Jesus' body on earth, and each of us having uh, a different part to play, like uh, limbs and organs and so on within a body is a wonderful image and that image is one of unity in diversity and I think it's a wonderful image that uh, for our community because we are such a diverse community and what I want to look at today is something called neurodiversity it's a term that's appeared in the last say 20 years uh, in as we've realized each person's brain works slightly differently you, you may have come across personality tests for example and that shows you something about how your brain works you may have worked out that you're an introvert or that you are very open-minded or conscientious or rational or maybe a bit neurotic and you've done some of these. I've done all those tests and that's all of those are me. But several years ago, I received a very late diagnosis of a condition called Asperger's syndrome, which is on the autistic spectrum. And receiving something like that can be quite... Um, shocking and depressing because often these things are termed uh, in ways that seem to be very negative about what is lacking and what someone can't do and where someone's weakness is but actually as I began to look at these um, symptoms and look at the characteristics related to autism I also began to see some great strengths and these strengths and weaknesses gave great insight into my life of why I'd found some things difficult and some things easy. Uh, so for example, um, I might find social skills a challenge, but I can concentrate on detailed tasks for a long period of time. And there are other uh, conditions and other diagnoses that people receive uh, that are quite similar. One is ADHD, um, which is to do with, uh, initially you think of it in terms of the weakness and saying, oh, it means someone can't concentrate, it means someone can't sit still, but actually there can also be great strengths associated with that, that someone might have um, great creative energies because they're jumping from one thought to another enables them to see links that other people wouldn't see. Dyslexia we think of as a, uh, a reading problem. Someone can't see the patterns in the letters and finds those a challenge. But actually, um, dyslexic people can see patterns in other places that perhaps other people can't. And that can be a great strength. Dyspraxia uh, is to do with coordination and again it can have a strength 
of resilience and determination that people have developed in, that enables them to keep going despite that lack of, of coordination and in some ways compensates but sometimes has other great benefits. And so people with brains that work differently you know, have both strengths and weaknesses like we all do. And so in this image that Paul uses, he sees the church like a body and discusses how we need each other and we all belong to each other in a community. And we look at that and he looks at that in terms of these strengths and weaknesses. And that gives us some insight into inclusion and how we can include people and how we are including people. So, for example, inclusion involves taking care not to expose someone's weakness. I find the environment can sometimes be overstimulating to me in that it can exhaust me when there's uh, when there's crowds of people or when there's loud noise or when there's strong smells and so it's wonderful in our community how we take care of the volume of music that it's not uh, too loud to disturb people and also we value people for their strengths and give opportunity to pe for people to uh, express these strengths and to use their gifts despite their weaknesses. We look past the weaknesses, if you like. So, for example, I find, as I said, I find socialising a challenge. And that doesn't mean, though, that I lack a credibility in doing a reflection like this. And so someone, just because of one particular weakness, uh, isn't then disqualified from using uh, a particular strength that they have. Also, one way we can value those strengths is to create a culture where those um, particular strengths are valued. Honesty, for example, is something that um, I have because of I'm because of my autism, and I've learned over the years to be um, more diplomatic, to really speak the truth in love and not just speak the truth directly because it can be hurtful. But that truthfulness is still a strength. And if you have a community where people just speak indirectly to one another and don't really um, don't really tell people what they need to know, but are forever hinting at it, it doesn't really include myself or people uh, that are autistic. And so we, by being more honest and open with one another, we find we're including people that who have that strength. If we think in uh, long-term ways, that can be a strength rather than just what happened this week. But we, we think in that determination and that persevering way, we can actually include people who naturally think in that way.
I think it's also important to recognise that everyone is unique despite their diagnostic label. Just because you've met uh, one person with that diagnostic label doesn't mean you've met them all. And so each person has their own unique gifts and abilities. But understanding some of these labels, understanding some of these diagnoses can help us to know that those strengths might be there and can give you a signpost for us to be aware of how someone is different. But having said all of that, I think it's just important to say that we do value people for who they are and not just what, what we can do. And as we've said, we need each other, we belong to one another. And uh, in such a community, we can, um, we can serve one another and use our gifts, but we can also just be friends with one another and get to know one another and enjoy each other's company and be aware, being aware of all these wonderful uh, differences in diversity of how our brains might work. Um, if you're a regular part of our gathering, whether you're in, you know you come in person, whether you're in Birmingham, however you join us online, um, one of the ways that folks uh, contribute to the life of the community is by um, giving a bit each month to help with our cost of getting things going. Um, so things like you know IT equipment to be able to stream um, and to enable us to be generous when needs come up in the community and um, other things like that. Uh, there's no pressure ever to give, but if that's something that you would like to do, we'd really appreciate it. And we're really thankful to all of those who already do give. Um, as I said, we're continuing to meet online. Words are very loud. Uh, we're continuing to meet online every week. And then the first Sunday of every month, we'll be meeting in person as well and live streaming from there. So um, check out on our website for more information about the, the gatherings that are coming up. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing a special gathering online about Refugee Week. Um, and we're going to be looking particularly at some stories of LGBTQ plus refugees and asylum seekers and hearing about some of the work that's going on in those communities. And um, we're also having our, our special guest, David Benjamin Blower, back to play a few more songs from his album, Welcome the Stranger. We're going to be hearing from uh, Refugee Week Choir, and the choir director is going to come and speak to us. And we're going to have a special song from Nicole Grace, who um, works with the Open Table in Reading, and uh, will be will be singing for us as well. So there's lots of cool things going on. We're going to be having um, some folks from uh, the, the Journey um, Asylum Seekers Group, and uh, it'd be great to learn and to kind of focus on an area of, of um, refugee inclusion that is not talked about probably as much as others. So um, anyway, I think that's all. And I think the, the, the only thing that remains is for me to uh, share the blessing that we share every week. May we live fully, may we love wastefully, and may we have the courage to be all that God has created us to be.